0: Welcome to the Good Fiction Podcast. Join us as we continue with Things That Charlie Did, Chapter 17. There was a light mist covering the treetops. The sky was at its very beginning stages of morning glow. The temperature was cool, but the air was very heavy with humidity. Just getting up off the makeshift bed hidden behind the counter and heating water in a hot pot Maria had given him for his instant coffee was enough to cause a few beads of sweat to form on Charlie's forehead. There was no place to take a shower in his new temporary home so that problem was going to have to be the first thing he attacked. His best possibility was the chapel. The priest lived in a small house that was connected to a side entrance of the chapel by a gravel walkway covered by metal awning. Surely the priest had what Charlie needed. Hopefully he'd allow him access. In the meantime, though, a very cramped restroom that consisted of a sink and a toilet would have to do. At least he was able to shave and brush his teeth Anxious of what the new day would bring, he cleaned up the best he could and headed out for a talk with the priest. A styrofoam cup full of Nescafe that was so strong it smelled like it had sat in the coffee pot all day cooking and burning, it was in one hand. The design drawings for the library were in the other. He started to head out the door and it dawned on him that he was forgetting something. What was it? Oh, yeah, the gun. But he was going to see the priest, for God's sake. Did he still need it? He sure didn't want it. Wrestling with the question for several moments left him believing that he didn't need it, but he should take it anyway, so he did. He tucked the 9mm pistol into the front of his pants after untucking his polo, which really didn't hide the gun. Even though it was now under his shirt, there was obviously something there. Coffee, drawings of the library, and nine millimeter on his person. Now he was ready to visit the priest. Strange. Walking to the chapel was decided over driving, and in a matter of a few minutes he'd made it to the covered walkway that led to the priest's modest house the sun was higher in the sky now school had already started and the street was quiet there was only the sound of cocking birds some chirping some sort of insect in the distance and the sound of charlie's feet crunching the gravel beneath them no breeze today the jungle trees were still in the familiar sound of winds gently blowing their tops into the familiar sound of rustling leaves was noticeably absent. Circles of wetness had already soaked through his shirt when he set his coffee down and gently tapped on the front door. No response. Again, he rapped on the pre-store, only this time a little louder and a little harder with an additional three or four knocks. That did the trick. The doorknob turned. The door opened about a third of the way, and the priest peered through. The look on his face was more a puzzlement than anything else. Hablo ingles? asked Charlie. See, si, said the priest in a suspicious tone of voice. I'm Charlie Duncan, I yes, I know. Can I help you? he said. His English was good with only the slightest accent. Charlie felt like he was selling newspaper subscriptions. That must have been the way it felt to do that. Walking up to someone's most private space, their home, and asking them for something wasn't a very pleasant feeling. He suddenly found himself wishing he'd had a job like that at some point in his childhood. It sure would have better prepared him for this moment in time. Well, I just bought this gas station and, oh yeah, I heard about that, said the priest. Already? asked Charlie. Oh yes, word travels fast around here. I know. Well, I've moved in there for the time being and you're living there? asked the priest. Good Lord, why? Well, that's what I wanted to talk to you about, said Charlie. He held up the paperwork that was rolled in his hands containing the library's drawings. Can I show you some things? He asked. The priest hesitated. I suppose so, but first may I ask, is that a gun? He pointed to Charlie's belt line. His light green polo was bunched around the handle of the gun, making a perfect outline of the wicked thing. It might as well hadn't been covered up at all. I'm afraid so, said Charlie, like a child being caught with his hand in the cookie jar. I could certainly leave it outside if you like. Please do, said the priest. You can just set it there if you wish, he pointed to a small iron table where several small potted plants of various varieties were neatly arranged. Charlie put the gun under the table. When he did, the priest opened the door wider and seemed to change his suspicious attitude. He smiled and Charlie detected a sparkle in his brown eyes. The priest gestured for Charlie to come in. The house smelled of breakfast, eggs, bacon, and fresh coffee filled the air. Can I offer you anything, he asked, while pointing to a very comfortable-looking, tan, lazy-boy recliner. Charlie chose to remain standing. No, thank you, he said. He held up his coffee. Are you sure, asked the priest. Positive. Well, if you're not going to sit there, I sure am, said the priest. He was now feeling more comfortable with Charlie and smiled broadly to show it a little on the frail side thin gray hair that seemed to be balding on the top combined with black framed glasses all gave him more of the look of a bookkeeper than a priest he looked a little tired like he had just gotten up his face was unshaven his eyes were clear and bright though despite the way the skin around them wrinkled with each facial expression. Charlie even thought he detected that sparkle again as the priest looked up at him from the easy chair. Well, there must be a really good reason why someone would come out in the middle of rural Mexico from the United States and buy a gas station, said the priest. I don't remember telling you I was from the U.S., said Charlie playfully. Gossip, gossip, gossip. You know, very ungodly but very common all the same. I must admit I've been known to indulge myself from time to time. Lord forgive me. He rolled his eyes upward and shook his head back and forth. He was joking but serious at the same time. One of those little sins, asked Charlie. They're all the same, said the priest. There are no little sins. He smiled once again. Strange how he was able to be serious but playful at the same time. Now, what can I do for you, Mr. Duncan? I see you have some papers there with you. Yes, well, this is why I bought the gas station. I wanted to show you what was about to happen. It seems to me like you should know. Well, let's take a look. He leaned forward in his chair. The angle that Charlie was standing at caused the priest's eyes to look twice their normal size through his glasses as he pushed them up on his nose. This is, he said, leaving the sentence open for Charlie to fill in like a fill in the blank on a high school history test. A library, said Charlie. A library? The priest was surprised. You want to build a library on that spot? Well, sort of. I'm going to leave the gas station and build the library a little over in this direction. He flipped through the pages until he found one that included a hand-drawn map of where the gas station was and where the library could be built. I see. May I... He gestured for Charlie to hand him the entire bundle of papers. He did so and quietly sipped his now cold cup of way too strong coffee. The priest studied the drawings of the proposed plan. Finally, he dropped the papers in his lap, took his glasses off and leaned back in his chair. Who knows about this? He asked. Charlie simply shrugged his shoulders horrible thing it was but right now no one could be trusted not even the priest he wasn't about to take the chance of putting michael margarita maria or mr garcia in danger i see he got the hint that charlie wasn't talking you're right not to say anything not that you have to worry about me but you well you recognize the dangers of all this said the priest "'It's been mentioned,' said Charlie. "'What can I do for you, Mr. Duncan? "'I'd like your support, your help in doing this. "'I realize I'm taking a risk in approaching you with this, "'but I'm certainly not opposed to what you're doing,' said the priest. "'I think I might even know the reason why.'" "'Father... Father...' Charlie was obviously fishing for the priest's name, "'My goodness!' he exclaimed. "'Where are my manners? Guerrero, Ernesto Guerrero. "'Father Guerrero, I know about how things work around here these days. "'The Santiago family, the drugs. "'The library will help the people here from being so sheltered? "'That's my thinking,' said Charlie. "'Very noble, very dangerous,' said the priest.' I know. What exactly would you have in mind for me to do? You see, things are the way they are. I've devoted my ministry here to teaching God's Word. I must tell you that it's well-received. There are many people, good Christians here, who love the Lord. It just so happens that they survive by farming poppy and coca, Do you believe, Mr. Duncan, that a library is going to change their ability to survive? He emphasized the word library. No, well, not initially, said Charlie. What I do believe, though, is that over time it would help. It gives the people here an eye to the world. They'll see what other places are like. Eventually, over time... A more educated generation may seek to develop ways of making a living here. The possibilities are endless if you really think about it. Well, it would take time, take a generation or two, I think. I guess the reason I'm here, said Charlie, is to tell you that unless the people are encouraged to use this facility, it won't work. You're asking me to encourage the use of the library. "'Yes,' Charlie said with an exclamation point. "'In fact, maybe you could help me in encouraging people "'to support its actual construction.'" Father Guerrero's face turned much more serious now. "'I can certainly see where that could be of some help,' he said. "'I'm also thinking it could get a lot of people hurt, too. "'You no doubt understand what I'm saying.'" Of course, said Charlie, we're on the same page, Father. I'm aware that the Santiago family isn't beyond murder. Very aware. No more needed to be said about the seriousness of the request Charlie was making. Father Guerrero was persistent in probing Charlie to find out just exactly how much he knew. Now, with that comment, he was finally convinced. I suppose it wouldn't Hurt to express my feelings on the need for us to increase our wisdom and knowledge. Is that the sort of thing you're asking from me? He asked. It would sure be greatly appreciated, said Charlie. Also, I'd like to hire some labor from here. Any thoughts on that? The priest thought for a minute. There might actually be a couple of gentlemen here that would serve as good supervisors, you know sympathetic to your cause and familiar with others willing to work at the project. I doubt you'll be able to find enough people here, though, to handle all aspects of the construction. I figured as much, said Charlie, but I also figured you were in tune with what these people could help me with. I'll have them drop by the station and visit with you, he said. Charlie had been standing for the entire conversation. He was relieved. Some of his biggest concerns had just been handled and the results couldn't have been better. Although he figured the priest was probably able to figure out that there must be some sort of friendship between Mr. Garcia and himself, he decided not to speak of it. If one of them brought it up, fine, but they would have to be the ones to bring it up. This was the safest and wisest way to handle things for the time being. When the priest offered him a chance to sit down for the second time that morning, he took it. They continued to discuss the merits of a library and how it would benefit the town. Actually, Father Guerrero did most of the talking. He spoke as if he were rehearsing a sermon on the subject at hand, practicing, coming up with, and changing ways to say the same thing. He looked for Charlie's reaction. Respectfully, Charlie played along. This was important to the process, and he recognized it as such, even though it kind of bothered him that he was being used as a guinea pig a sample, a fake congregation. It was the least he could do, though. By the time they were through, they had been through an entire sample of a month's worth of sermons on the merits of increasing one's wisdom. Charlie was excited to see how the priest had become excited about the material at hand, He'd even gone as far as to pick up a nearby Bible from the small table next to his chair and thumb through the pages, looking for verses that supported his message. He found many and delighted in each one. He read them out loud, smiling, shaking a pointed preacher finger to highlight the key words. Enthusiasm. It's a great word. It means to be determined in a happy sort of way as one works through something. It was going to take enthusiasm to get this done. Required determination not to give up. An occasional sense of humor and a downright sense of hard work. And yes, one more thing was needed. The no fear slogan Charlie had seen plastered all over bumper stickers and t-shirts before he came to Mexico popped into his mind. There was no room for fear here. He let his mind drift as Father Guerrero continued his philosophical ramblings. It wasn't that his words didn't mean anything. In fact, his preaching served as the perfect backdrop for what he was seeing in his mind. Hi atop his horse Mandy's back the tide beginning to rise no fear no fear no fear because there are things for which there must be a stand taken the deepest he'd ever allowed the salty foamy ocean to pull around Mandy's legs was to her knees now with no fear His beautiful horse stood still as the water rose. It touched her belly now, but she didn't flinch. Deeper now, still no fear. Charlie felt the warm Pacific Ocean soak his teeny shoes. He smiled. Mandy snorted and raised and lowered her head majestically in triumph. Gently, he tapped her haunches with the heels of his shoes as she trotted to the safety of the mountain trail, splashing huge amounts of water in every direction and soaking Charlie in danger, together, no fear. When he snapped out of his daydream, Father Guerrero was still going strong. Strangely, or maybe not so strangely, his topic of conversation had gone from the importance of wisdom to the importance of standing up for the right to gain that wisdom. That was bold. The Santiago's might very well see that as a direct opposition to their power. On the other hand, the school was built by them and the teachers given supplies by them. Even though that wasn't as great as it sounded, some of the locals were surely going to see that As evidence that the Santiago's cared for them more than they really did some might come to their defense that was yet to be seen mr. Duncan yes I'm sorry I was just thinking about what we've been discussing here this morning he looked at the priest that sparkle was there again father Guerrero had set the Bible in his lap open and face down his legs were crossed he conveyed a sense of relaxation a sense of peace i want you to know he started this thing is doable i'm here for you and when it gets to be too much and frankly it will seem that way at times please feel free to visit charlie stood and shook father guerrero's extended hand I'm going to take you up on that, Father. Believe me, I will. I'm going to go ahead and start putting some sermons together on some of the things we have discussed this morning and start on this immediately. I'm assuming you're moving forward with this as far as getting started, right? Construction should start in the next couple of weeks, said Charlie. Father Guerrero stood and followed Charlie to the front door. Charlie opened the door and was immediately hit by the humid jungle air. His paperwork was gathered under his left arm, and Shirley was going to get wet from sweat on the walk back to the station if he continued to hold it against his body. With that thought, he remembered another reason why he had paid a visit to the priest that morning, the shower situation. He needed to work something out. Like an old episode of Columbo, he turned back toward the house after they had said their final goodbyes. Fortunately, the priest had not yet closed the door. Father, just one more thing. Yes, asked the father. This is a little embarrassing, but I... Well, there's no shower at the gas station, and... Oh, no problem, he interrupted. You're welcome here anytime. You're certainly going to need to bathe, he said jokingly. In fact, why don't you get some of your things and leave them here? You can come in here for a shower whenever you want. I'm seldom here. There's a small office in the chapel, and that's where I spend a majority of my time. I'm going to take you up on that, said Charlie. In fact, could I take you up on that this morning? Of course, said the priest. Charlie smiled and waved for the second time. A lot had been accomplished. Maybe things weren't so bad after all. Charlie! The priest called out as he walked on the sidewalk that led from the chapel to the house. You forgot something. He had forgotten something. It gave him a sinking feeling. No fear? Wishful thinking? Charlie again walked back to the front door where the iron plant stand stood with the neatly arranged potted plants and one nine-millimeter pistol. He tucked the pistol in his pants. That ugly hunk of metal that fired death at other humans sure wasn't the same as Mandy's companionship. In danger, together, no fear. Together meant people, not guns. Thank you for joining us. Join us next time for more of Things That Charlie Did. I'm Rodney Mathers. Goodbye for now.